Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Parable of the Tares and the Wheat Revisited. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, We also extend a warm welcome to all of our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, I am hoping you all have enjoyed a great Thanksgiving despite the present situation we all find ourselves in. I know that many people have lost loved ones to this horrible illness called coronavirus or COVID-19. I hope you all can find reasons for feeling blessed and thankful of God this Thanksgiving holiday. May you all be blessed of God and remain coronavirus-free. Until January 2nd, 2022, we are taking a holiday break from our extended summer series titled, What We Need to Know or Reaffirm. Again, we will pick this back up on January 2nd, 2022, after our Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes. Our last episode in our extended summer series is sourced in 1 Peter. Last week, in our episode titled, Christ Concerned About the Will of God, The Reasoning, November 21st, we examined 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3-6. through 6. One of the things we learned was how we can be pulled into a church body because it looks real, it sounds real, and people seem to be real brothers and sisters in Christ when, in fact, they are not. It looks great on the outside, but once one grows into such a deceptive body, we find out differently. This episode is a great precursor to this week's episode found in the parable the tares, and the wheat. Commentary refers to the darnel in this passage, which we read differently with the name tares. In this examination, we should note that tares is another word for darnel. Whether tares or darnel, either is the same by a different name, which, like apples, are sometimes referred to, more generally, as fruit. So, we read, He put before them another parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is compared to a man sowing good seed in his fields. But while the men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed darnel in the midst of the wheat, and went away. And when the blade sprouted and produced fruit, then the darnel also appeared. And coming near, the slaves of the housemaster said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then from where does it have the darnel? And he said to them, A man, an enemy, did this. And the slaves said to him, Do you desire, then, that going out we should gather them? But he said, No, lest gathering the darnel you should uproot the wheat with them allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the darnel 
and bind them into bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my granary. From Green's Literal Translation, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. The kingdom of heaven is likened. The kingdom of heaven, here the visible church of Christ, is likened to a field in which the owner sows good seed, etc. Good seed, clean wheat, representing the truths of the gospel and those who embrace them. From Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group. Meaning, the kingdom of heaven here on earth is defined as the visible church we all attend. It may also be likened to a church that may be in our consideration if we are looking for a church or are already moving into a new church. Either way, this is what is meant. This also means that those of us who are saved in Christ are defined in this parable as the wheat. Notice, too, how this commentary passage opened. The kingdom of heaven, here, the visible church of Christ, is likened to a field in which the owner sows good seed. In other words, the true church which espouses Christ as its head is the one likened to a field in which the owner sows good seed. The design and scope of this parable is to show that there is no expectation of universal purity in the church of God in this life. But as the tares and the wheat grow together in the same field, so hypocrites and sincere Christians are and will be intermixed in the same church and can hardly be discerned one from the other. St. Jerome observes that in the eastern countries, the tares and the wheat were so like one another, whilst they were in the blade, that there was no knowing them asunder. Note, there was no knowing the difference between the two, is how it would be said today. Continuing, learn, one, that in the outward invisible church, there ever has been and will be a mixture of good and bad, of saints and sinners, of hypocrites and sincere Christians, until the day of judgment. Two, that in that day Christ will make a thorough and perfect separation and divide the tares from the wheat, that is, the righteous from the wicked. Note, in other words, meaning of wheat, the righteous, and tares, the wicked, elements noted here. Continuing. 3. That in the meantime, none ought to be so offended at this mixture in the church as to separate from church communication on that account until the harvest. It is not to be expected that the tares and the wheat should be perfectly separated. Yet observe, 4. That though the tares are forbidden to be plucked up when sown, yet it is the church's duty, all she can, to hinder their sowing. 
Though we must not root the wicked up, yet we must prevent the rooting of wickedness all we can. Our Savior, that forbade to pluck up the tares, did not forbid to hinder their sowing. Note here how vain is the collection of the Erastians from hence that the wicked are not to be cut off by excommunication from the communion of the church. Nor does this text prove that the magistrates may not cut off evildoers, seeing this was not spoken to them, but to the ministers of the church. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. That right there is a lot to look at, so let's dig in. Commentary first said, The design and scope of this parable is to show that there is no expectation of universal purity in the church of God in this life. That is an impressive statement given how things are frequently handled in the American church of born-again believers. This tells us, with no uncertainty, that a fully sanitized church of believers only is simply not possible in this life. That is fully supported by this parable. No matter how hard some people may try, it is not the design of how this works. Hence, why we need to understand this parable. After all, this parable tells us that the tares and the wheat grow together in the same field. Or, more practically, the church one attends in any time or age. The miracle here is that when we become saved in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, we as tares, Darnell, are miraculously turned into wheat. So, hypocrites and sincere Christians are and will be intermixed in the same church and can hardly be discerned one from the other. We are told by commentary just how long this will last. It said, In the outward and visible church, there ever has been and will be a mixture of good and bad, of saints and sinners, of hypocrites and sincere Christians, until the day of judgment. So, this is nothing we can cleanse the church of, despite how hard any one church may try. Here in America, some have tried very hard and found it is an ongoing work of which has little reward or any full conclusion with total success. The fact that the saved and unsaved will be mixed in any church body until Christ comes again should tell you how futile the attempt is to try and cleanse one's church of the tares or the darnell, simply meant as those who do not believe in Christ as their salvation. In attempting this, are we not attempting to do God's work for ourselves? Good question, given what we have already learned. You may want to take the time needed to reflect on that question until you get a solid answer. After all, until the harvest, 
it is not to be expected that the tares, or darnel, and the wheat should be perfectly separated. Hypocrites and sincere Christians are and will be intermixed in the same church and can hardly be discerned one from the other. So, we can now understand that the tares, or darnel, will not be separated by us and until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again, of which we know not the day or the hour. Yet, we can look at what is happening globally, and like five of the ten bridesmaids in the parable of the ten bridesmaids, we can know the time is close. While that bridesmaid tradition was very much like our own situation in waiting for Christ's return, where neither we or those bridesmaids know when the groom, Jesus Christ, in this course of discussion, will come. Knowing the time is close is something those bridesmaids knew, and we also can know as Scripture tells us. The Gospel of Mark also confirms this as well. So the tares, or darnel, are those who are unsaved hypocrites, and workers of evil in our lives. One might think that people like that are quite obvious, yet, through clever wiles of the devil, God's people are largely unaware of their actions and how evil their actions really are. Remember, in God's eyes, whether you think it is a harmless lie or something more severe, it is all sin regardless of how we may assign degrees of ill to such things. This is why mankind needs the salvation of God. We are too weak to live a sinless life on our own. If we are saved in Christ Jesus, in our new life in Him, we are sin-free. We will be sin-free forever now, in this life, if we sin, We only need to ask for His forgiveness if we are saved in Him. Then, according to Scripture, we are forgiven and it is as far as the East is from the West. If, for some reason, it has not dawned on you or it is not clear, notice this. The wheat and the tares are the righteous and the wicked. There is no guessing at this. It is quite clear and plain what your Bible is saying here, what Jesus is saying here. Saved or righteous people are referred to as the wheat. All others are the tares or darnel, that similar plant to wheat that is fruitless. We should notice now, It is not to be expected that the tares and the wheat should be perfectly separated. This means there is no such thing as a perfect church totally free of the tares or darnel since they grow together in the same field, since they grow together in the same church. What if the people referred to here as tares hear the salvation message of God and so desire it? As I said before, Christ transforms them into wheat. So, therein, 
is a good reason to leave the tares or darnel alone until harvest time. Some of the tares may be transformed by the salvation in Jesus Christ miraculously into wheat, while other reasons may be valid. Miraculously turning some of the tares into wheat is a very good reason for the laborers to wait until harvest time for the master or God to separate the two. Those who remain as a tare, a sinner, may well remain this way eternally and suffer eternal death as a result. So, good reasoning for leaving the tares, the unsaved, until harvest time. How much hurt has been exercised here in America by churches casting out individuals for any of a number of reasons is quite large. I know many people that have been cast out of a number of church bodies simply because they are difficult people. Maybe the people definition of what is being spoken of here in parable form. Maybe these people cast out of the modern-day church are saved, but carry with them nearly disabling issues, if not totally disabling issues. Such people, whether tares or wheat, is not the issue. The issue is whether we are going to do God's work. We know we should do and help such people or not. Again, The perfect church does not exist no matter how much any church group may try to make it happen. Remember, our Savior that forbade to pluck up the tares did not forbid to hinder their sowing. So, if we can see these people coming into our churches, we can prevent them being sown in our church bodies. However, The big question is a single word. How? Especially today, where many people have emotional and mental issues that are very difficult for them to resolve if Christ does not miraculously heal them. So, today, one might agree that our ability to discern the two is more difficult now than it may have been in times past. Regardless, today, For us, it is not easy. Some might interpret this as meaning that we can, like many American churches do, keep these people out of our church body. However, if we do that, how does someone come to church, hear the biblical message, and want salvation? The answer is really quite simple. We do not let them root in their unsaved state. However, we do not send them on their way either. We work hard at God's good work to reach them with the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. This can be done without allowing such people to take root in one's body of believers. The means to this end will differ with place and society. Regardless, It should not be ignored or pushed off to the side so born-again people can have the church they want instead of the church God wants. After all, those of us who are saved of Christ were once tares 
or Darnell, before we became saved, miraculously making us wheat. Scripture reads, But while the men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed Darnell in the midst of the wheat and went away. And when the blade sprouted and produced fruit, then the Darnell also appeared. Matthew chapter 13, verses 25 through 26. Notice verse 26. When the blade sprouted and produced fruit, then the Darnell also appeared. Notice what happened when they both brought forth fruit, when the fruit began to grow. By their principles and conduct, the difference between those who embrace the gospel and those who embrace opposite errors is seen. From Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene User Group. Notice what happens near harvest time. By their principles and conduct, their difference between those who embrace the gospel and those who embrace opposite errors is seen. We are beginning to see this happen, albeit on a very limited way. Yet, just like a plant, the fruit or blossom happens over a period of time from when it is first revealed to when it reaches its fullness, that fullness being the time when the fruit is ready for picking, or, in this case, when Christ will harvest the fruit of the wheat to take it home. Scripture continues, And coming near, the slaves of the housemaster said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then from where does it have the darnel? And he said to them, A man, an enemy, did this. And the slaves said to him, Do you desire, then, that going out we should gather them? But he said, No lest gathering the darnel you should uproot the wheat with them. From Green's Literal Translation. Notice verse 29. But he said, No, lest gathering the darnel you should uproot the wheat with them. First, notice the care the housemaster has for the wheat. He, being Jesus, or God the Father, is very concerned that they grow well and proper. Nothing, not even the analogized angels here, the reapers, farmers, are allowed to harvest the tares or darnel as it could damage the wheat. That is the first observation I want you to see here. The care for the wheat is considerable. Secondly, root up also the wheat, on account of their resemblance and connection with each other. Men cannot in this world separate entirely the wicked from the righteous, or with certainty judge as to the characters of men. That must be left to the searcher, capital S, that must be left to the searcher of hearts and to the decisions of the day of judgment. There it is the reasoning for why only the housemaster can harvest the wheat. Men cannot in this world separate entirely the wicked from the righteous, or with certainty judge as to the characters of men. 
whether man or woman, we cannot separate entirely the wicked from the righteous. This is why we are discouraged from trying to do this in our present-day churches. Yes, we do not want the tares to take root in our churches so they are not polluted with sinfulness. So God-fearing, believing brothers and sisters in Christ are not made corrupt. This is why we are cautioned in not allowing this to happen. The harvest of the wheat can be spoiled. You do not want an immature harvest of wheat. You want the wheat fully matured at harvest. That is what is at the heart of the concern here in this scripture passage. Verse 30 reads, Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather the darnel and bind them into bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my granary. As we have already discerned here, the definitions of the parable words here are harvest, the day of judgment, reapers, the angels, tares, the wicked, wheat, the righteous, from the Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene user groups. There you have it. As we discerned from our examination, just who is who in this parable, or what we today call an analogy. Next week is our first of three Christmas episodes. Our first episode is titled, The Visit of the Wise Men, Part 1. We will find insights in this portion of Scripture that will teach us some great things. Stay with us for this exciting upcoming episode. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address. 
unchurched dot site one two three dot m e at present we are located on a growing number of podcast sites so you should be able to find us on a platform you like we refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on sundays these sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.